Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. This is your auto advisory team right here at the studio in North Palm Beach from the True Oldies Channel. And Got to remind you every now and then, this is not about music. We are a live talk show about buying cars, leasing cars, maintaining and repairing cars. The key thing is we're a live talk show, and we'd love to have you call in and uh, express your opinion, ask your questions. You really kind of make the show. I say that over and over because uh, without you, uh, there wouldn't be a show. Uh, other than the fact, you know, let's put it this way, even if you were listening, there wouldn't be a show unless you called in, because that's what uh, we do. We answer questions. Uh, we also do it via Facebook. We've evolved over the past 20 years from pure radio to uh, Twitter and Periscope and YouTube and Facebook. I keep saying Twitter and Periscope. I guess we really don't do Twitter and Periscope, but Twitter and Periscope exist, I think. <laughs> Uh, we still yeah. we should still acknowledge them <laughs> yeah. so, in, in some dimension or some, some dimension, parallel yeah. world. But YouTube is uh, and, and and of course Facebook, and so that the point being that we're all over, and it's hard for me to mentally adjust because we started out locally. I mean, we're in South Florida, and we're in Palm Beach County, and and suddenly we're all over the world, and that's because of uh, you know the uh, YouTube and Facebook. And uh, also because of the blog, and we're, you know, we're a lot of communication by text and, and uh, other things like that. So uh, we're, we're global. We're global. I don't think we've ever had a call from China, have we? Nope. Not yet. Yeah. Let's get a call from China, people. Come on. Yeah. Maybe we could do a, a simultaneous translation into Chinese and expand. You know, we need to... To get the uh, because China is becoming a huge uh, car market and very very important. Um, I believe Tesla uh, is relying very heavily on China. A lot of companies are now, and so uh, you folks out there in China, I don't know what time it is in China. Anybody know? It's like a day. No, it'd be twelve hours. It'd be. I think isn't it like ahead of us? Like. Hours in the future, yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> love to get a call from China. Now, someone's going to call and pretend like they're from China. I know it, <laughs> but uh, I was another thought I had as I, as Nancy and I were coming into the show this morning, driving in, I'm thinking about what an unusual time we're going through. And occasionally, you know, we haven't been on vacation in a while, Nancy and I. We this uh, COVID thing kind of tied us to the local area here we haven't really been anywhere a lot of people are just now starting to spread their wings and get out of town and take a vacation so uh, if we take and of course when we will definitely will when we take a vacation we'll have reruns and how are we going to rerun something from the COVID era because it's such a crazy time i mean five years from now when everything is 
return to normal, whatever normal will be in five years. We don't know. But uh, we're going through a very unusual time. So uh, it'll be interesting choosing uh, reruns uh, from the show. Uh, here we are in a situation where we have a huge shortage of automobiles. Uh, we have car dealers out there charging outrageous prices for cars. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later in the show. Our mystery shopping report just set a new record. Uh, you'll find out later. Stay tuned for the mystery shopping report. A new record in terms of, uh, I hate the word price gouging, but it's probably the most appropriate. I mean, just a world's record in charging a higher price for a car than you would think would be morally or ethically acceptable. Rick? Hey, I heard a report recently that uh, Ford just got a huge supply of chips for the F-150s that they've had parked and sitting. Hmm. So like you predicted, those cars are going to be starting to hit the market pretty soon this fall. I that's, hadn't heard that's that. Great. That's good news that for, really for Ford. Because that microchip uh, shortage really hit yeah. the uh, F-150 yeah. big time. There it is, the best-selling vehicle in the world, the F-150. Microchip's available, so you truck buyers out there, uh, hopefully this will affect your prices uh, when you go in, because right now the Ford dealers are getting all the money for the car. And uh, Nancy and I were talking about that as we drove in also, about you know what's moral and what's legal, what's ethical and what's legal. Uh, we have to differentiate, uh, because uh, capitalism is capitalism. And... You have a shortage, you're going to pay a lot of money. And that's whether you're buying toothpaste or uh, bread or cars. Short supply of bread, you pay a lot of money for bread. And that's, that's just the way capitalism is. And if you don't like capitalism, then, you know, you should move somewhere else. Because that's what um, the United States is. It's a capitalist-based society. Some people like it, some people don't. But the rules are the rules. Uh, don't have to like the rules, and we talk about not liking some of the rules on this show. At any rate, enough of my uh, random rant, but uh, I enjoy ranting sometimes. Uh, please remember to give us your feedback. Write the numbers down that I'm about to give you, because you might not have a question now, but I assure you, you will. If you listen for 15 or 20 minutes, you'll hear something that'll pique your curiosity. And the call-in number the basic old-fashioned telephone call number, 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Write that down, and uh, when something comes up that you want to comment on, give us a call. We, we prioritize phone calls uh, because we've only got three or four lines, and we don't want you to wait. Nancy, my co-host here, she keeps an eye on that computer screen, and when there's a caller there, she waves, she interrupts, she does whatever is necessary to get you, the caller, on the line. And we will try to abide by that because it's important. There's a personal, personal thing about a phone call, and we like the phone calls. And we have a lot of regular callers. We recognize their voices, their personalities. We love phone calls. But if you don't want to call, we have a text line, 772 497-6530. You want to write that down, too, if you can. 772-497-6530. And then you text us. Cool thing about text, we stockpile them. They're on the iPhones. We get to them almost always 
in the same show. So you might text us right now, and we don't get to it for 10 minutes. Or you might text us, uh, and we don't get to it for till the end of the show. But we really make a concerted effort to get all the texts. And, of course, Facebook. And facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And YouTube. You, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And um, we got Rick Kearney here. He's a monitor of YouTube. Uh, he's also our expert, our technological expert on automobiles. I, I, I think we, we tend to focus a lot on the sales. It's fun to talk about mystery shopping reports and prices and you know, deceptive advertising. I enjoy that. Uh, but the nuts and bolts of cars is driving them uh, so that they don't break. And if they do break, how do you fix them? And if you have a problem you can't diagnose, uh, do you want to go into a car dealership and, and pay too much money? If you have any of those thoughts running through your mind, uh, just YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Rolling Cars, and Rick will get that directly, or you can call us. Just call and just ask for Rick at 877-960-9960. Now, we have a YouTube, but I'm going to go to Nancy first and keep those YouTubes coming and give a little stockpile for Rick there. And I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart, my co-host, who is also our female advocate, who has built this audience over the years to almost parody for female callers. We value you very much, and we have a special offer for you female callers, and Nancy's going to tell you about that. We do. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. You are an important part of the show, everyone. For the ladies this morning, as usual, $50 for the first two new lady callers, and uh well, uh, I'll put a question out there for you, ladies. Um, how effectively uh, did you negotiate for a used car, a new car, whether you leased it or bought it? Give us a call toll-free, 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us, as Earl said, at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, let's get to Rick's YouTube. Rick Kearney has a YouTube message. Maybe it's about fixing cars. Actually, it's about leasing. Uh, it's uh, Negan One <clears throat> says, "I'd like to ask about the money factor on a lease. I understand dealers can make a lot of money padding this." And that it's also negotiable. Yeah, the, the money factor is just uh, another term for interest rate, and it can be marked up, and uh, it, it, the dealers do this. More commonly, it's all included in the lease payment, and the, uh, the dealer makes the money on leases uh, any way he can uh, by marking up the uh, capitalized cost, uh, by marking up the lease factor. You can even play with the residual value uh, in, in certain con- uh, circumstances. The best thing to do when you're leasing a car is don't get in the details. Don't get in the weeds of the money factors and the residuals and the uh, other uh, fine points of leasing. Uh, think of one thing. Think of the monthly payment and the term. So if you're going to lease a car, you pick the car 
truck, whatever it may be that you want, to find it precisely. You want to know the year, make, model with the specific MSRP. Now that tells you that you're comparing apples and apples. Then you go to three or four different car dealerships and you say, I want a 36-month lease or 48-month or 18-month or whatever lease you want. And um, I want it um, uh, for this car, this specific car, MSRP, $48,218.19. And give me the monthly payment for 36 months with, and I forgot one thing I should have mentioned to right. you, how much of a down payment? There's always a down payment associated with a lease. It doesn't have to be, but you will find every advertised lease has a big fat down payment. So let me add that to my variables that you have to nail down. Down payment, term, and monthly payment. And if you compare the same car with three different dealers, you just lease it from the one that gives you the lowest payment. And that's what you do. But the, it's a good point that the money factor is one of the, it's in the weeds, nuts and bolts things that dealers think about and leasing companies think about. It's not, the more you get involved in the detail, the more confused you get and more likely someone will take advantage of you. Absolutely. Okay, okay uh, we are gonna go right to the phones, but first I'm gonna remind the ladies that you can win $50 this morning, the first two new lady callers. And uh, speaking of which, we do have a female, excuse me, a lady caller from Loxahatchee, and she is a first-time caller. Her name is Joanna. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. How are you today? I am great. Congratulations, you won yourself $50. Thank you for calling. Cool. Um, I just wanted to call early this morning because I have a disabled daughter, and we our other van that we had was falling apart literally and we went to Earl's and dealt with magic and I explained to him the situation that I need to be able to get the wheelchair in and out of a vehicle that is safe for her because of her disabilities and um, there wasn't any available at the time mm -hmm. and magic had called me back I would say probably a week after on a Saturday and said, I found you a van. Wow. And I think you better come down now. Huh. And I said, what? He said, I think you need to come now. So I went down there and, and he let me drive it around for as long as I needed to. I took it to my mechanic, of course, um, being a single mom with a disabled daughter and drove it and mechanic said this and this and a couple little things that just needed to be tweaked and i have my riley the red and i love him oh and what a great story and we love riley and the wheelchair fits in it perfect and i just want to say the no haggle no you know whatever everything went just like boom you. And I've never been in a dealership where everything went smooth, ever. It's <laughs> nickel and dime, barter this, I can't do that, blah, blah, blah. You. Did everything, and I have my daughter a new car. Joanna, I'm really happy that uh, Magic Mike made it uh, a whole lot easier for you. I think with everything you have to deal with, 
you didn't need the stress of uh, the things that could have happened. And uh, I'm really happy that your, your daughter is comfortable and you're comfortable and it's got uh, Magic Mike's signature all over it. And I appreciate that. Well, we very much does. We're very happy. We're very happy to send you fifty dollars. Not only that was that a nice testimonial uh, that uh, we appreciate, but uh, the fact that you are a first-time female caller, and we hope you will um, spread the word and and let some of your uh, lady friends in Loxahatchee know. And uh, we love to have you callers, and I'm so happy that your daughter got the right vehicle for her, and uh, we look forward to seeing her in service, and we look forward to you calling the show again. I definitely will, and then we had to come back because I missed a signature on something, and I brought my dog, and I'm like, I can't come in, I can't come in, I have my little dog, and they're like, what? I said, I know you guys own Big Dog Ranches, but this is my little dog, and I don't want to bring her in with all the people, and he's like, bring that dog in. <laughs> hey, can you hear him barking at Big Dog Ranch, Joanna? Yes. Yeah, I figured. Yes, I pretty much can, and I hear... Um, Lion Country Safari sometimes and oh. MacArthur Sanctuary. They lions get so crazy in the morning. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Yeah. It's really cool. You I can bet. hear the monkeys. A lion's roar can but be heard for over five miles. <laughs> I hear them. Trust me. <laughs> Boy, that'd be and they're very, very loud. Makes your dog get a little nervous, I bet, hearing that lion roar. <laughs> um, she's usually still in bed because I get up really, really early. <laughs> Uh, I can't even but imagine. That'd be, that'd be refreshing listening to. It is. You know all you of that. Out in the morning, have your coffee and yeah. and hear the lions and the monkeys. It's very quiet. <laughs> uh, see how the other, uh, uh, the other, well, world lives, mm -hmm. animals, whatever oh. you want to call them, in this crazy world we live in today. Joanna, it's been a pleasure, and uh, it it is really great uh, that you called because. There's two reasons. You won $50 and another. You're helping to build a platform for ladies, and they are a huge part of this industry. And for any auto dealer not to recognize that is financial disaster. So spread the word and have a wonderful weekend. I definitely will, and thank you guys for everything. And they told me at the service department, they told me at the sales department, if you have any problems whatsoever, do not hesitate. That's great. That's great to hear. Email me your information. And again, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. www youranonymousfeedback.com and uh, don't forget you can help us out and uh, you can sign up with Earl's Vigilantes and uh, you can help the people in your community uh, it, it's a win-win situation get a free hat a free hat and uh, that good fuzzy feeling that you have helped someone in your community or any other place that uh, that you've been so uh, go to Earl on Cars and sign up. Also, we need some volunteers to help us with uh, uh, the uh, process of uh, going to the internet. Uh, for some seniors, um, it's a uh, well, it's a little bit more difficult uh, to uh, you know go through all the hoops and you know 
we'd like someone to volunteer, anyone to volunteer, and to uh, help us out on that. Erwan Cars, take a look. I believe that Stu may have some texts. Yeah, we'll, we'll kick it off with Anne Marie's text. Um, Amy says, good morning. Jalopnik is reporting that a Chevrolet Cor- Corvette C8 convertible traveling at an estimated 150 miles per hour failed to make a 90-degree turn in the road, struck the center median, flew over a hedge, crashed into a pool. Three, yes, three occupants were ejected. Two died and the others in serious condition in a California hospital. The investigation is ongoing. Jalopnik staff writer... Uh, summed up this way, the cars are safer than they've ever been, and incredible performance is more accessible, too. But we're reminded here that we're never more than one bad judgment away from tragedy. I'd like to add that California isn't the only state where drivers of high and not-so-high-performance vehicles are tempted to test them out in streets instead of the racetrack. Um, let's describe reaction time or how fast things can go wrong in terms of numbers. I've heard people say, I only looked away for a second. Well, if you're going 70 miles per hour, you're traveling 103 feet per second or about a third of a football field. A lot can happen in 103 feet and in one second. If you're going 150 miles an hour, you're going 220 feet per second. That doesn't allow for much time or room to correct any mistake. It doesn't take a turn in the road to text when reflexes. Another car or utility pole suddenly looming in front of the vehicle can, can do it. The laws of physics are rarely forgiving. My viewpoint has been shaped by some disturbing crashes near my neighborhood. Nice straight roads are such a temptation of speed. The sudden lack of traffic noise being replaced by the sound of a rescue helicopter landing close by is especially unnerving in the middle of the night. I must say that the Tomahawk pilot's skill in avoiding houses, trees, lampposts, utility lines, and poles at 2 a.m. was really impressive. The injuries were flown off to the hospital. There were other incidents when not everyone was lucky enough to get to the hospital. Please stay stay safe on our roads. Thank you. And she signed it, Mother Hen. Yeah, what a great uh, text, uh, as always, Anne-Marie. Yeah, thank you, Anne-Marie. I would would say this. It's... It makes me think again about autonomous vehicles. It makes me think about technology. And, uh, you know, uh, technology uh, in autonomous vehicles will save us from ourselves because human beings, you know, we're, we're, we're totally flawed in things that we do. And uh, um, as you were describing uh, the speeding, and I, I know Nancy was thinking about my Tesla, which is coming in hopefully in a few weeks. and goes from zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds. But we solved that problem. You told me I'd be driving you around. (laughs) But the point is human beings um, are flawed. And uh, as long as we have human beings driving cars, there's going to be accidents. And there's going to be fatal accidents. And uh, you see the crazies on the road every every time you drive. You see them, right? And uh, the problem is when we see crazy drivers, it tends to make us a little crazy, some of us. It makes me a little crazy. And I, uh, I, I find my temperature, my temperature, my temper rising when I see somebody that's doing something crazy, and then I find myself doing something. So human beings you start chasing them. Human beings should not be given machines that'll go uh, 200 miles an hour and turn on a dime because we don't have the emotional and mental capacity to deal with it. Yeah, very so, well said. That's true. Yeah. I agree. Oh. It's kind of a strange thing when you think about the way safety and uh is treated now like if i think if they invented cars now they they wouldn't be legal <laughs> or, yeah. or, or at least in the current form where it's where people can make their own decisions good point yeah. i mean it's just like it's a high i mean i think they're great and obviously it's part of our culture yeah. and our lives but it's kind of strange i would imagine something that was 
if they come up with a new uh, personal helicopter, they're not going to let people just start flying them around the neighborhood. You know? I'll bet you the horse and buggy drivers said exactly that. Yeah. Are you crazy? Right. <laughs> a horse is plenty fast. Yeah. I mean, look how fast my horse can go. Yeah. How fast do you want to go? I want to go 200 miles an hour. <laughs> I want to go to 0, 060 in 1.9 seconds. And that's, that's human. <laughs> that's the human. And we, we evolve that way. We are that way. We're not going to change for a long, long time. We will change. But it'll be, you know, our brains will invent things that will save us from ourselves. And that's what we've done with the autonomous car. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I missed some anonymous feedback from last week, so I'll jump over there. Good. Uh, first one says, good morning, Earl. Can you explain why your dealership shows you have three Corollas in stock? Toyota of Hollywood shows they have one hybrid Corolla in stock. And Al Hendrickson shows they have 610 Corollas in stock. What is the deal? Or, well, I, I can tell you what the deal is. Yeah, still explain <laughs> that to you. He he brought it to my attention before. Go ahead. So, um, Al Hendrickson is doing what most dealers are doing now, including us while we're working on it. Yeah, it's, to you folks overseas, Al Hendrickson yeah. Toyota is the second or third largest Toyota dealership in the world. In the world, yeah, and yeah. they're down in Coconut Creek, uh, just like you know, west of uh, Deerfield, somewhere down there in Broward. <laughs> I've never been there. Um, so, um, so most dealers are showing with this inventory crunch that everybody's going through are showing in transit vehicles. They're coming in to their dealership to show potential availability and everybody is marking these as in transit or on the way in the factory clearly marked. Now, not Al Hendrickson. Al Hendrickson is showing uh, their incoming vehicles um, but saying on the picture, new arrival, implying that it just arrived. So we did uh, speak to Toyota about that and hopefully somebody you know, shakes, wags a finger at them for that. But um, that's why, because <laughs> they're yeah. trying to, trying and, to and, create and, an illusion. And, and with, with due deference to Al Hanks and Toyota, all dealers virtually do that. And uh, uh, because dealers do pool their inventories, if you're a Chevrolet dealer and you're in uh, Oregon, then you can draw upon the inventory of every Chevrolet dealer in Oregon, probably the adjacent states too. And so you'll put it on your website, and people go there and you say, available uh, uh, 150,000 Camaros. Well, you don't have 150,000 Camaros, but you say you do. And, you know, from a technical standpoint, they're available to you. So you're not lying. So anytime you go online and you look and see anything, including inventory availability, verify, call, or physically go in there and check. I can tell you, the Toyota dealers aren't showing everybody else. They're just showing their incoming. So those are their cars. They're just, they're, like the one that I used as an example says new arrival, and it was 42, da- 42 days out before it arrived. Yeah. It's a but month they, and a half. But they will advertise uh, 1,000 vehicles available. Yeah. Well, Anderson really has that coming in. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. they sell 1,000 vehicles a month, or new vehicles. But yeah, it's just deceptive. That's why they do it. They're trying to bait people in. If you get there, you're, there's not going to be 600 Corollas, I promise you. Okay, another anonymous feedback. Hello. This question is for Rick. A repair shop didn't tighten my oil filter correctly after an oil change, which caused an oil leak. When I found the oil barely registered on the dipstick, um, when, uh, when I found that the ba- oil barely registered on the dipstick, should I be worried about damage to the engine? The repair shop said there was still at least two and a half quarts of oil in my engine under the 4.6 quart capacity, and the engine is okay. Thank you. You got very, very lucky. If it was just a small leak and it was caught in time and the engine didn't lose oil pressure, if, if it's not making any odd noises, odds are you're going to be fine. 
Um, what would be the time? I would time not factor? use them again. What would be the time factor on that? If can can they be comfortable if three <clears> months <throat> from now they have no problems, or thirty days from now? When will the problem show up? Right away. Most cars, it'll show up when they lose full lose all oil pressure. Oh, yeah. It'll show up usually within a minute or two of running. It can okay. cause damage. Yeah. Um, How about unusually? I would say if it as long as the oil pressure is only gone. For like a second or two you're okay just with that, if that light comes on shut the engine off immediately mm -hmm. but if it stays loss of oil pressure for more than a, a 20 or 30 seconds you've got engine damage and would it be would it, would it come to light uh within hours minutes within days within a days. couple of days yeah. well my, my my point would be i'd go on record uh if i was worried about it and i would go on record email and say uh, this happened and at this point I don't have a problem but should I have a problem I want to put you on notice that you'll be held liable save all yeah. paperwork exactly. and make sure you let them know hey I'm gonna be monitoring this I'm yeah. gonna be watching this but make sure you have it in writing from them that yes yeah. they made a mistake and that they're willing to step and you're up doing and you're doing them a favor because somebody didn't do their job and correct. they need to correct it yeah is there any way to check that out by an inspection to see if there was damage? Uh, there's really not because it's everything's internal so sealed now. There's yeah. real no way to, to visually inspect it. Keep your fingers but crossed. One, one of the things that a, a good mechanic does simply is listening because odd noises will show up usually very quickly. And other situations such as like the uh, oil pressure controls the, the cam gears, the, the camshaft gears that use that pressure for the timing on them. And if there was an issue there, that'll throw a check engine light. Okay. So you don't want to deal with a mechanic who is hard of hearing? Definitely not. Okay. Although, and, I, and also, all senses. You want to have good eyesight, good uh, smell. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean after the After Rick, a few years of doing good. it, 10, yeah. 20 years yeah. of working as a mechanic, our hearing takes a huge abuse from all the noise in the shop. Your sense of smell, you become nose blind to odors because you're dealing with these smells all the time. Your hands lose sensitivity from burns, and you basically uh, you break your body down. It's it's a tough business. Yeah, you yeah. look, you look yeah. broken down, Rick. I am. I yeah. am yeah. broken. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, on a more serious note, <laughs> uh, Rick, the uh, damage uh, sounds like as if that you know you could almost you almost have to replace your car if you're talking about your uh, engine. Usually, it's replacing the engine itself. Um, and believe it or not, we, we actually, when we have situations sometimes come up, a person's engine has gotten damaged for some reason, uh, we find actually salvage cars, the salvaged engines, uh, used engine, is a much more economical way to go than trying to repair an engine or buy a brand new engine. And a used engine, as long as it's in good shape, can get you another 100,000, 200,000 miles. There you have it, folks. Um, great information. And guess what? It's free. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Hey, more anonymous feedback. Hello, Earl. I have a question for all of you. I want to buy a used car here for my son. Um, here's in Florida and, and send it, wait, here in Florida and send it to my son in college in California. I want to ship it there in a car transport truck. 
Do you know if your service department can rate the admissions as acceptable or another smaller admissions service center that can issue a certification of passing admissions before I take the plunge and send a used car to California? We'd have to see what the state and the and in California what the requirements are. But would we have the uh, instruments to measure if we knew the the statistics or the the parameters for the? Not anymore. Florida did away. We no, had no, I, several I know, counties we, here. I know we did. Yeah, we used and, to. But if I told you this is the California emission standards, do we have instruments that would measure the emissions? No, because oh. one, once we did away with the, the emissions testing here, most shops don't have what's called the five gas analyzer, the tool that's needed for it anymore, because it's not a required tool for us to have. So most shops just don't even have one anymore. No. Oh. Well, you'd have to have a, when when they sell the car, uh, it would have to indicate when the car was sold where and if it conformed with the state emission standards. So California is the toughest from what I understand, and therefore if the car was sold in California, yeah, they would, it would. Yeah, well, they would require it. Even if yeah. we could test it, we couldn't certify it. Yeah. yeah. So couldn't they would have to. It. But the, the interesting part is that most of the federal emission standards now it used to be you had two separate standards. You had California emissions yeah. and federal emissions. And finally, the federal government just said, enough of this. Whatever California says, we're all doing it. I didn't know that. And that's, that's the way all standards are now. So if you buy a car in Florida, a brand-new car in Florida, it has See, emission images. standards that will pass in California. Well, it was built recently. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they have to recheck like used cars. It was annual, right? Oh, That's yes. Used, used, to. used cars, yeah. And certain other states have annual emissions testing that you have to go through. It came in the business right when that was phasing out, I think, uh, late 90s. That's yep. when they stopped doing it. Okay. All right. Um, next one. Anonymous feedback. Come on, please come up. Okay. Hi, Earl on Cars Crew. I'm a new female listener, and I would love to hear you read the message on the show if you can. Um, I'm currently trying to buy a used car by financing with unfortunately bad credit, student loans, etc. I've been trying to uh, try and buy here, pay here dealerships since they are more flexible. Not sure if you take your recommendations for mystery shopping, but it, you should try a company called Splish Splash. Take it away. Yeah, Splish Splash. Oh, no, no. Splish Splash. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Darren, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I went recently and they were nice enough, um, but all of their cars had a strong mold water smell. I was made aware of a recent, a recent flooding uh, that brought cars uh, down to Florida that were, uh, and they were sold and they were previously going to be salvaged. Um, and knowledge of this, or would you recommend a, to get a flooded car if it still runs? Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Now, it almost sounds like a joke. I know it's, it's got to be serious, but for a flooded car at a dealership called Splish Splash... You know, you're, you're sharper than I am because I did that just went. Whoosh. Well, no, no, no. Actually, I I saw that before and I googled it. Is it real? And there's a local uh, buy here pay here named Splish Splash, but I was sure it was a joke. That's great. And, and uh, but yeah, they are, and they're they're uh, uh, buy here pay here. She said, and uh, uh, the, the answer is that unfortunately, because you do have uh, bad credit, and it's an embarrassing thing to have to talk about that. Uh, no one likes to talk about having bad credit, but it's a reality, and a lot of, a lot of people, uh, and particularly during bad times, uh, find themselves in that position. Uh, and then you have to deal with buy here, pay here lots. And you think it's uh, hazardous buying a car from a car dealer, uh, going to a random buy here, pay here lot, which is a, it's a small lot for your folks that are not familiar. Uh, it's their 
they're, they're one-man operations or two men or three men or something like that. And their purpose of existence is to find somebody that can't afford to buy a car and they can't get financing because their credit is bad. And so they, they really are selling cars to victims that, that have no say-so in their fate. They, I have to have transportation. I don't care what color, what model. I'm really kind of flexible on reliability and everything else. Please get me into a car and I'll pay anything and I'll do anything to get into the car. It's a terrible business. I was in the business a long time ago. And, um, and it was a company on Ogotropia Boulevard in West Palm Beach called Stewart Select Cars. And it was a terrible business. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I got out of it. I sold it. And uh, uh, it's just a, it's a sad business to be in. Splish Splash, um, we, we will mystery shop them. And uh, that was a recommendation. You might take a bath. And we might take a bath. (laughs) Uh, We've done some mystery shopping of buy here, pay here. Um, And we found a really good one, didn't we? Yeah, we found a good one up in Stewart. And I think the one right in North Palm Beach, we get them confused. There's easy buy and easy pay. Easy pay in Stewart, by the way. If uh, that'd be one you should check. It's owned by Bill Wallace. Yeah. And also the one in North Palm Beach on US1, it's easy buy. We might have them flip, but both of them did well in the the shopping. And and Beach Cars is another uh, buy here, pay here that that we have dealt with. If if they've been in business for a long time, check the Google rating. Uh, If you can get some uh, recommendations, uh, things like that, you have to be careful because you can really be taken advantage of badly. I remember beach cars being around from back in the early Uh, 80s. They're like second or third generation. Like 50 years or longer. Absolutely. But but Uh, I definitely say avoid the, the flood car. Even if it runs. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, for your anonymous uh, feedback, that was your anonymous feedback, correct, mm-hmm. from yeah. that young lady? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you what. Uh, put your suit of armor on if you're going to go to a buy here, pay here. And right now, I wouldn't go anywhere near a buy here, pay here. Cars right now, <coughs> if you need one, if you really have to have one, go for it. But right now... I'm going to tell you, it's going to cost you triple what the car is worth. So Uber, Lyft, rental, and also as far as a flood car, wow. The problem is people people that have bad credit, uh, they can't uh, Uber and they can't rent and they can't do anything. They have to buy a car uh, through a buy-your-payer. So it's it's a terrible fact that they have no they have no choice suicidal yeah yeah um rick actually i've got a a youtube question here that ties right in uh guy larrabee is asking are used car prices starting to drop as new car availability is beginning to get back to normal he says my reasoning here in montreal area Mannheim reports that wholesale prices have been inching down for three weeks in montreal canada so yeah prices um you have to be careful because regionally you will have exceptions. Yeah. The overall situation is prices are still sky high. We haven't seen uh, much of that. Um, we have seen people, uh, like, for example, we measure our success at the auction by the percent that we sell. And when things were you know, super, super crazy, every week was 100%. And that means every car that you put up there, you got your asking price and you sold it. And last couple of weeks, we've had lower percentages in the 70s. And we even had one that was in the upper 60s. Um, 
you know, it's too early to say that's a trend, but um, so that could be, a, you know, we're not selling the cars, we run them again, so, but we haven't seen it here. Like you said, it is regional and different markets are going to have uh, different fluctuations. Well, it's a shortage, and so yeah. uh, the reason for sales slowing down partly is because there's inventory slowing down, and you go into a car dealership today and, and they only have five cars sitting on the lot, or maybe a big dealership will have 25 or 30. Uh, Unless you buy something you don't want or got real, real lucky and pay too much money, you just don't buy a car. So sales are dropping and wholesale cars are dropping in supply and prices are still high. Yeah, I mean, we're at, as far as new car inventory, we are at the lowest we've been. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's very strange <laughs> to have a car to lot without any cars on it, but uh, the times we're living in. Yeah. Okay. Any more text? Yeah, I got some anonymous feedback. Uh, please explain dealer handling fees and why each state has considerably different fees. Can the consumer handle these fees with their own state and save this cost? Yeah, the, the, the dealer handling fee and all the fees that dealer charges, the charge are that, that are not uh, taxed. Um, the, if you if a fee is taxed, it's profit to the dealer. If it's a non-tax fee, then it's a government fee, and it's a legitimate fee. I say legitimate. The dealer could absorb the fee and add it to the price of the car, which probably they should. But, but it's excusable to say that you're going to have to pay extra for your license plate or for your sales tax. So government fees that are, that are non-taxable, that's the way you identify them. They're non-taxable. You can't tax them twice. But a taxable fee is just profit to the dealer. And... Uh, Handling is just another name for that. They call it uh, doc fees, notary fees, administration fees, electronic filing fees, tag agency fees. They name them different things. So um, you can't you can't get down to the minutia and start talking about is this fee legitimate? Is that fee legitimate? You just need to go to the overall out the door price. Simplicity is your friend when it comes to buying a car. And as I said earlier, when we were talking suddenly about leasing, you want to identify the specific vehicle that you want to buy, new or used, and then get competitive comparisons for the out-the-door price, the price that you write the check out for, hand it to the salesman, and drive the car home. And you take the lowest out-the-door price, and you got your best deal. And today, it's not a very good deal. So if you, as Nancy said earlier, if you don't have to buy a car today, don't buy one. Okay. okay. The next anonymous feedback. Uh, as, a, as a Costco dealer, do you control the discounted dollar amount? I am finding that many dealers are deciding not to offer the program and take advantage of the shortage of, that's going on right now. Well, if you're a Costco dealer, you have to abide by uh, the, the rules. And uh, I'm sure there are dealers out there that have said, forget about it. I don't want to be a Costco dealer. More likely, they're just not promoting the program and keeping it a secret. Uh, but if you go online, and you should, you go to costcoauto.com, and uh, if you're not a member, join for 65 bucks. If you are a member, it's the best way to buy a car. The Costco prices will be higher because Costco has this rule. And in normal times, it's a great rule. Costco says if you're a certified Costco dealer, then you must charge the lowest price to a Costco member, or a lower price, actually, to a Costco member, then you will sell that particular vehicle for, to anyone else for. 
Now, in normal times, that's a pretty good deal because the the, the price range at a typical car dealership is in the thousands of dollars. Uh, Rick could walk into a dealership and and buy a car for forty five thousand, and uh, uh, and Stu could walk in and buy it for thirty eight thousand because they don't charge the same I'm price. Because I'm a better negotiator. Than exactly, right. Stu's a better so, negotiator. So, I'm a trained assassin. But today, <laughs> all the cars are overpriced, so the Costco price is going to be too high, and. There you are, folks. Uh, don't buy a car, even at the Costco price, unless you have to. If you're gonna, if you have to buy the car, the Costco price is the best price still, yeah. relatively speaking. Yeah, the dealers set the price, but if it doesn't fit into um, Costco's, you know, market prices they determine, yeah. Yeah. then you can't list it. And what um, Earl just said is absolutely true. So the Costco price is still lower. Like for example, at our dealership, it's lower than. Um, the other are standard pricing, but They're it is, um, but it's still higher than it's ever been. Yeah, exactly. Okay, more anonymous feedback. Okay. Oh, we have no, no, no one's, no one's calling. Call. Yeah, what, we, what, we, what we forgot to do was mention the anonymous feedback line, and I didn't. That was my fault. We have a unique line for people that don't want to be identified. Obviously, uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. You just go online to this website. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, youranonymousfeedback.com, and you can ask us a question, you can insult us, you can make us laugh, you can make up a story, you can call us names, do anything you want to do. Don't get crazy. And we don't know who you are. (laughs) And it's popular because people just like privacy. And so have your privacy and go to youranonymousfeedback.com, and you will be on live radio, and we know, won't know who you are or where you are. Absolutely. That's definitely an option. Give us a call at 877-960-9960. Another option. Phil must have been listening to us because uh, he is on the line, and he's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Phil. You're a first-time caller. Thank you for listening to Earl on Cars. Yes, I'm a customer of yours, and I have a 2017 Prius. Mm. And I love the Prius. This is my second one. Mm. And but I got a question, probably for Rick. Mm-hmm. I understand I have to have a hab- hybrid battery fan filter. I mean, I've never heard of this, and I didn't see it on the warranty book or anything like that. But what is a hybrid battery fan filter? It's in the and back do seat. I really need to get it replaced? Uh, yeah, it's it's actually a screen. Um, see, on the seventeen, I'm pretty certain if you look on the passenger side by the back seat there there's a little air vent opening and that's actually where it draws air in to the fan is back inside the battery case and it blows that air across the hybrid battery to help keep it cool there's a screen that we install inside that that helps prevent getting uh, hair and dirt and dust building up inside that fan we've actually seen some of those blower fans pack up with so much debris that no airflow gets to the battery and the battery will overheat and destroy the the three thousand dollar battery so it's a very inexpensive thing in comparison to get that screen installed and make sure you don't get that uh dust and debris getting in there and clean it all out every so often what does the owner's manual recommend the frequency of that well the owner's manual actually doesn't recommend it because toyota at first didn't realize when they printed the books what was going on this is kind of a change in production, a thing that they've changed. 
in about the last three or four years we've seen this coming up. So it's not recommended by the manufacturer, but... Uh, the, in the original owner's manual. Uh, but it's now been a changed thing that they recommend about every couple of years you have it checked and cleaned. Uh, where, did that, uh, where did that recommendation come out? With a technical bulletin? Or? Yes, in technical uh, service bulletins. But on the newer models now, 2021, it yeah. would have that in there. Yeah. And they've also changed the design again to where the screens are built in and... They changed the location of it to try to avoid getting that dust and dirt getting in there. Yeah, my friend has a Prius V, and he was getting some um, something was going on with it, and it, um, he just had stuff in the back seat blocking it. And yes. So, and he was just told, just got to don't keep your bag down there, and uh, and it'll be fine, and took care of the problem. If yeah. you look at the uh, filter, can you tell that it needs to be changed? You can see, you can look in there and see if it needs to be cleaned or changed out. Yes. No. Yes, to, to, to keep. Uh, the dealership on us, which happens to be our dealership, you should ask to see the filter and uh, be sure that that uh, it does require change because it's not, I'm suspicious even of my own dealership anytime we recommend something that's not in the owner's manual. But uh, now the fact that uh, it's been explained to me that Toyota has put it in the owner's manual in later model Prius. Yep. It makes more sense that it would be accidentally excluded from the 2017. So, Phil, great call. I, you, you, you just uh, taught the dealer something about his own dealership. Yeah, yeah. And another thing about the Prius is, is Prius going to still be relevant with all the electric cars and everything, where everything's electric? I mean, do you see that we still? I mean, will they still make a Prius? Yeah. For a long time, I mean, it's, it's extremely relevant in the fact that it's the transition electric car. People call it a hybrid. You know, it's an electric car. It's partially electric, that's all. And it was the right. original uh, trendsetter that really got the whole attention going toward the whole electrical movement. The best definition of a Prius, it's an electric car because it is fully driven by electricity that carries its own generator with it. So the, the best advantage, it's, it's the best of all the worlds. Not only are you driving an electric car, but you have the ability to simply continue on with gasoline forever without any worries. And they will be around forever because if you think back in history, when automobiles were first coming out, horse and buggies didn't just vanish. It took many, many, many years before automobiles took over. and. This change to electric cars does not mean that gasoline engine cars are going to go away overnight. It's going to be decades that we're you know, the, still going to have fuel they'll available. Have, they'll have, they'll, they'll, they'll have Priuses in Central Park with the horse and buggies. Exactly. Yeah. That'll be Could a be. quaint little yeah. ride around the park. Actually, our Toyota rep was discussing the, like the run Toyota's plan for EVs. and uh, It's not as aggressive as, as, as I'd like it to be, but I, like by the end of the 2020s, they're expecting close to half of the sales to be hybrid and something like 13% um, being all electric. Yeah. So they're slowly transitioning into it. So the, Toyota sees um, the hybrids as a transition to like an all-electric future, but for the next couple of decades, we're going to see um, plenty of both. Okay. Okay, super. Thanks a lot. Thank well, you. For, thank you for the call, Phil. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we can't wait to hear from you again. Thanks for being a first-time caller. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, give us a call. Lines are a little, the phones are a little uh, slow this morning. 877-960-9960, uh, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go back to uh, Rick, and yep. he's got some YouTubes to share with us. Well, I've got one from uh, Negan1, who says, I would like to ask Earl, 
do you think we'll get to a point that cars will not drive faster than the speed limit for the road? In other words, be physically restricted to the speed limit. Would you like it? I, def uh, I definitely like to stretch my right foot every now and then, <laughs> and I'm definitely a bit older now. You know, actually, it'll be the other way around. I, I think when we fully get into the whole autonomous thing with electric cars, uh, you'll find cars going at incredibly fast speeds, uh, especially on expressways, because all the all the cars will be communicating with each other. So you'll be on the turnpike or the expressway, and uh, uh, you will know your car will know, and you'll just be sitting there reading the newspaper. I guess you wouldn't be reading the newspaper. You'd be online, right? But anyway, you won't be paying attention, and your car will be taking you to wherever you want to go. And you'll probably be doing 100 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour. Uh, really, there's no limit to how fast you can go. Because if you have a 1,000 cars on the expressway, and they're all going exactly the same speed. One inch apart. One inch yep. apart. How safe is that? I will yeah. be blindfolded during that future. Yeah, so it, it'll be cool. That, better better airflow, the cars will travel smoother. Absolutely, yeah. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, it'll be, it sounds thrilling today, but it'll be very boring yeah. when it happens. I'm looking forward to seeing the intersection, how they're going to handle that. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, though, today, right now, you pull up to a four-way stop intersection and three other cars, yeah. so all four directions have a car there, and everybody has to stop and think and look at each yeah. other to try to decide... Who goes first? You, you, Whereas with yeah. computers, every computer would immediately be talking to the other cars, and they'd be going right through that intersection at speed, yeah, millimeters missing, apart, right. with no chance like of collision. Like I said, blindfold they, yourself before they you know get exactly that They know exactly where they are. <laughs> hey, so today, the aggressive person goes through the, the uh, intersection, and you know, I, I you know, I'm, it's, it's good being a recovering car dealer because I confess everything. But when I, I remember after a hurricane we had here a long time ago, Nancy uh, is still has nightmares about this, but you, all the lights were out. I loved it. And you want to go from point A to point B, and you had to go through all these intersections with no traffic lights. And so the Only the bold. People, everybody's <laughs> waiting on a four-way stop for somebody to make a move, and everybody's afraid. So the aggressive driver just pulls on through, and then the, the, less, the more timid follow the aggressive driver through. And so... I loved it because I'm... You can make it from Jupiter to Lake Park in about two minutes. Yeah, I could go anywhere I wanted to go because no, nobody else was as stupid as I was to be able to go through uh, these intersections. So You look at the guy on each side of you and you kind of nod and nod. Oh, you don't know. No, you, don't, you, go through. you don't make eye contact. No, 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 I'm you, look, you have to look dangerous. I'm giving, I, I give away one of my secrets. When you make eye contact. The, that's a thrill of it all. There's well, no, I, I there's want no to get the guy contact. in the lane next to me to go through with me because that way if someone hits him on that side... Yeah. I don't get hit. Yeah, and that's why we need we, autonomous cars. Are we talking about... Get the, Earl off the road. Are we... <laughs> For any... If no hey, other reason. Are, are we talking about 95 or are we talking about NASCAR? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I don't even have to close my eyes. Uh, you know, they both start uh, with that. They work for me. <laughs> uh, we are going to go to another first-time caller. And... Uh, how great is that? Everybody is just tuning in to Earl on Cars. That's a great feeling because you know you make the show. Everybody is very important to the show. We're going to go to Stephen, who's in Hope Sound. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. What can we do for you? Hey, did we lose you? Oh, there you are. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you all today? Great. great. Welcome. 
Oh, thank you. And uh, I'm Stephen. I'm from Hope Sound. And I wanted to ask you a question about the Corolla hybrid. Okay. Uh, is it the same system, drive system, as a Prius where it's really electric and it's got a generator? Yes. All Toyota hybrids run on the same basic principle system of full electric car that carries its own generator. All hybrids of all makes run on that system. Okay. All right. That's a thought. Um, also, I did, that's the only question I have, but I just wanted to, to tell you all that the last two cars I bought, I bought from you, and the process was very pleasant, which is rare, if not non-existent. <laughs> oh, thanks. You know, a lot of dealerships I go into, I just get fed up and walk out so stressed and don't even buy anything, but I, <laughs> you know, it's just Earl Stewart for me from now on, because I bought a CHR in December, and I got a 2016 Crow I bought brand new. Very pleasant. And Lionel is a great guy. Oh, Lionel's thanks. super great. We love Lionel. Yeah. Like just a bunch of nice guys. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> nice guys him. and gals. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 moves, he moves around so fast you can hardly see him. <laughs> <laughs> we call him the flesh. But I, I like him. He's, he's, he's very good to work with, you know, and just very, everybody there is so friendly and pleasant. And, uh, I'm always going to come back. Anytime I need a car, it's, uh, I know where to go. Thank and I so recommend much. you to my friends. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Stephen. Very nice and, of you. Uh, that's all, that's oh, all I got. Girl's but, blushing. Uh, keep doing what you do. You're doing great, and you guys have a good day. You too, Steve. That's, all, that's a whole lot, Stephen. You had a whole lot. Thank you so much. Give you us know, a call again. You know, it, it's, you know, it is embarrassing because we try to uh, do an informative uh, consumer advocacy show, but you got to admit, you get a warm, fuzzy feeling uh, when you get a call like that from Stephen, we had one before from uh, Joanna. Joanna, and uh, it's nice to get those calls. I, I want to remind everybody yeah. that uh, we have a car dealership, and we've been around for a long time. This particular one I've had for 47 years, same location, and uh, but we have uh, we've uh, had some bad experiences with customers. They've had, I should say, they've had bad experiences with us, and so. Uh, I want to encourage anyone that has an axe to grind. We've had a few calls like that. Sure. Uh, we've had uh, situations that were embarrassing that we found out about. And I want to remind everybody that, uh, you know, we sell a lot of cars in South Florida, uh, thousands uh, and thousands of cars. Uh, we're a fairly large volume dealership. And so we encourage people that have had bad experiences with us to call and uh, talk about it. Exactly. Because that's life in the big city, you know. Every business, even Apple, uh, even uh, um, Costco, uh, has ex bad experiences with customers, or customers sure. have bad experiences with them. So, we open the door. No one will hang up on you. No one will speak over you. We will listen to your complaint, and we will deal with it in a respectful manner. So, uh, other car dealers, we welcome your calls. Uh, car salespeople, mystery shopping victims, we welcome your calls. And we, in fact, we're getting so few calls, we welcome, please, anybody. Just call us and give, give us know, help. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I have to say uh, to our listeners, share with them, there's no way that we sit here every Saturday morning and profess that we are perfect because there isn't anyone that's perfect. And if you think you are, let he without sin cast the first stone. Right. With that said, uh, we, we just love our first-time callers that are tuning in to Earl on Cars. 
And in this stressful world that we're living in right now, and I'm sure 150% of you would agree, isn't it just great to be able to, well, I can either do it the easy way or the hard way. Don't you just want to wake up in the morning and do it, well, the easy way? Mm -hmm. And you just don't want to be taken advantage of? I mean, people are living hand to mouth, and it's really very important. But I will reiterate, we do make mistakes. We do, you know, stay at it like a lot of dealerships don't because there are no family members around. And we have family members right there. And uh, again, we are not perfect. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, I'd love to hear from you. We all would. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. This guy. Um, anonymous feedback. Um, I saw an article stating that Honda in Australia is going to a fixed price model. Do you foresee it coming into North America anytime soon? So much for getting the best out-the-door price. Um, that's an ain'tgonnahappen.com thing. I did Google it. That is announced. In, in Australia, Honda will be one price. Um, all dealers, wherever, if you buy a Honda, no matter where you go, um, you're going to pay the same thing. Um, I'll probably be screamed at by the ardent capitalist audience, but I would say I think that was a, is a good thing. But that's not going to happen in the United States, and Earl can tell you why. Well, yeah, it, it, it probably won't. I, I was going to say eventually uh, it will happen, I think, but it's, uh, it's going to take a long time. Uh, Saturn tried that, by the way, a long time ago you know, with General Motors, and it didn't work. Uh, actually, Saturn cheated a little bit because they didn't have individual Saturn dealers uh, competing against each other. They had a group of Saturn dealers. For example, in Palm Beach County, Florida, Ed Morris owned uh, all the Saturn dealerships in Palm Beach County, and even in Martin and adjoining counties. And he had three or four or five of them, I forgot. And uh, if you wanted to buy a Saturn, you paid sticker price. And uh, if you didn't like it, you could go to the Saturn dealer next door, but it was also a sticker price. You had to go out of town <laughs> to uh, find the uh, competing. So competition is a good thing um, in normal times. And I think uh, it'll happen, but it'll be a long time. And I don't think it's going to work in Australia. I agree with Stu. I think, you know, Honda, how are they going to compete with Toyota and Nissan yeah. and, and Kia in Australia if everybody can cut the price of the Honda dealer? They're going to have to do it with incentives, but yeah. it, it's, it's, they're going to find the same problem that uh, you found in, in, the in the late 80s, early 90s when you did one price at Pontiac. Yeah. You, know, it's, you get into a, you know, it's the same thing we struggle with, but hey. And you have too many other to variables. It. If you do have the one price, the dealer can still cheat because he can, as we say, steal the trade undervalue your trade-in uh, he can overcharge you on the interest and most people finance the car mm -hmm. so dealers make more money financing the cars and selling the uh, maintenance contracts etc than they do yeah than they do uh, in the profit on the car so it's a complex thing it's a it's it's one of the more complex transactions it's not like buying a watermelon or a loaf of bread there's there's a lot of variables and the dealers have got them all figured out and when you go into sit down in a poker game and you look around the table and you don't know who the sucker is, that means you're the sucker. So when you walk into a car dealership, you're the sucker. You're the sucker. 
That's one of my favorite quotes. Yes. <laughs> More anonymous feedback. Um, any chance there will be a beefed up uh, 2.5 turbo RAV4 in the, in the near future? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know, Rick, anything. Um, no. <clears throat> we were talking about turbos on the show, I think, a couple of weeks ago and how, the, how efficient they are. And I know that, um, well, the Supra has a, is a turbo. They brought that back as a yes. turbo. Well, as a matter of fact, Toyota's moving their trucks away from V8s, right. and they're going down to a V6, but turbos. Yeah. And they've been running turbo diesels in the, uh, the Hilux in other countries for years and years. So the technology is there, and they've, they've got the improvements, and they're, you know, they've made it a turbo now that, unlike those of 10, 20 years ago, that they'd spin up so fast that they'd just burst apart, they don't have those issues anymore, and they're they're working. Okay. Uh, next anonymous feedback. Good morning, all. Nice to see your maskless faces again. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> uh, what can you tell us about the powertrain uh, for the new Corolla crossover? Um, I don't know much about. It. I know it's a it's a small SUV. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of strange that their Toyota is really filling up the SUV space. You know, we have a. A Land Cruiser, a Sequoia, Forerunner, Highlander, Venza, Rav Four. What else we got? Uh, the the Corolla crossover. Corolla Cross. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm gonna. I mean, it's probably well, gonna well, be. Well, let's two, go uh, back to the question: yeah. the powertrain. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little confused. The, the best answer: it's a Toyota driveline. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's gonna be a, probably a four-cylinder. Well, tell tell yeah. people what the powertrain is. That's for starters. Uh, basically, powertrain just simply means your engine, transmission, and the drive axle. Yeah, so basically, yeah. the guts of the car. Right. The uh, yeah. nuts and bolts, uh, uh, mechanical nuts and bolts of the car. And it's probably about the same as, as a Corolla. A, yeah, we, yeah. we could do a four-hour show trying to describe all the different features yeah. on these engines. Yeah. But basically what you're getting is an engine that is designed to have the best combination of power, fuel economy, low emissions, yeah. and reliability. And when I think powertrain, I'm thinking about what is of value to the listeners is that a lot of these deals out there are selling uh, or giving away powertrain warranties. A powertrain warranty is useless. Uh, when you see these dealerships advertising free lifetime warranty, it's on the powertrain. The powertrain is the most reliable, uh, non-problem causing part of a car. It's built to last for the life of the car, as long as you keep it lubricated. So if you have a car, you have a powertrain, and you have to keep it lubricated with oil and grease. And if you do that, according to the manufacturer's recommendation, the powertrain will outlive you. I mean, it's not going to fail. So when they give you a free warranty, uh, it's worthless. And it's worth what you pay for it, which is nothing. You're more likely to see a failure caused by an outside source. Something uh, yeah. something hits your oil pan, pokes a hole, and And if that happens, the warranty doesn't yeah. cover it. The only thing exactly. that the warranty covers is what... Is, is if you obeyed the rules to maintain it, and if you maintain it, it's catch-22. You maintain it, it won't fail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if it does fail because you didn't maintain it, it's not covered. So yeah. catch-22, it's, it's worthless. Um, if it's free, take it. Yeah. I was, I like was, nitrogen in your tires. If it's free, take it. I was reading an article about the powertrain, and it, what you just pointed out is really important, that maintenance to take care of it 
And uh, there you have it, longevity. I mean, it has a life of its own. Uh, we are going to go to Walter. Um, Stu, are you finished? No, we can catch uh, up after Walter. Uh, okay, we're gonna go to Walter, uh, who's calling us from uh, Stuart, and we've talked to him before. Good morning, Stuart, or uh, Walter. Hello, listen, I just wanna let you know, I went to a dealer, uh, I drive a Toyota, and I had upwards of $1,000 of repair work that needed to be done. And they've previously done what's called a concierge service, which is to pick up the car and drop it off again. They agreed to that, and it took five days to get it done. Uh, then I had uh, tires put on um, and was not told that apparently and it's not anywhere on the Toyota paperwork. Well, when you have tires put on, you automatically get a two-year, 24,000, or, or whatever, uh, road hazard warranty. And I pointed that out. But an interesting point to this whole subject. So on Monday, I tried to get the car in. And it finally, I had to drive to the dealer on Friday to find out what the, what's going on here. Uh, this dealer. Um, I generally have a good experience with them, but when I went into the service area, there were six service advisors, not one car in the in this service bay. Hmm. I mean, in, this, in other words, you pull in, I guess, the service advisor looks at your car, and then maybe they pull it into a different location, obviously, to do the repair work. But I was told on Tuesday morning, we were short-staffed. I was told on Wednesday morning, we're short-staffed, we cannot pick you up. Hmm. I said, I'll drive to the dealer. No, we don't have a driver for the um, shuttle service. Hmm. So you can imagine how this is all going down. In addition to that, the service advisor did not even return my phone call about the two that the, the road hazard warranty. But I wanna, I'm not going to ramble, but I wanted to say that point one. Point two. Chevron and Toyota have a joint venture going to produce hydrogen in the event to install hydrogen pumps at Chevron stations and to propel a electric car through hydrogen. So when everybody talks about electric, electric, Chevron has a joint venture going with Toyota. And the third point, and I won't go further, is that there, the Yaris Hybrid Crosstrack has been unveiled in Japan right now. Well, there's a lot of information, uh, Walter. Let me let me go back to the dealership issue. Uh, uh, have you gone up the line and, and tried to get hold of the general manager? Because uh, what you sound, what you've described, sounds like kind of a chaotic. Uh, uh, situation that, and you say you've had good experience with the dealer in the past. So, if you could get through to somebody in charge, I mean, a general manager or an owner, up well, the line, you'd be doing them a favor. What I finally found out, I the service director. Mm -hmm. I found out there's there's a service manager, and then there's a service director. Yes. She agreed. She said, "This is the last time we're going to do it." But m maybe a point I'm making on this. I as a customer, you as a dealer, just so you know, I think that's an add-on feature that I would, would be willing to pay money for mm -hmm. to have my car picked up. I mean the concierge? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've thought about it. And uh, 
Uh, I, I, we, we, in fact, we've we've done it during the uh, the worst part of the COVID yeah. situation. But uh, uh, let's go back to the uh, the other point you touched on was the hydrogen, and I'm surprised about that. Okay. Um, uh, Stu has a point. Yeah, the Toyota's made the Mirai, which is a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle, for several years now. I actually, got to drive it at a show in in Las Vegas uh, years ago. It's pretty cool. So it takes hydrogen. And it breaks it apart into, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it combines it with oxygen to create electricity and it emits water from the tailpipe. And um, so they are focusing on that exclusively on the West Coast. I think you can only get them in California. And the challenge is the, um, the infrastructure having hydrogen filling stations. And that sounds like the, uh, with the venture they're going with Chevron to produce these filling stations up and down uh, the California. I'll have to right. Google that because I, I wasn't aware of that. My source on that is CNBC, and that it, uh, when you go to CNBC and put in Chevron Toyota, mm -hmm. this is like about like three, four months ago. Okay. It was pointed out that the idea is to have uh, basically a hydrogen source at Chevron station sure. to fuel the vehicle. Sure. Yeah. Rick has and a point. The other thing. The other thing is. I don't know why Toyota abandons people at the low end. Like, they took the Yaris off, but in Japan, the, now they have a Yaris 4x4 Crosstrek, which is kind of a completely different vehicle. But I would think that um, maybe uh, Toyota would think about the low end customer sometime and think about bringing back an Echo like car because that 1.5 liter engine is one of the best engines Toyota made. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, Walter, it's all about um, demand, and uh, you find some unusual cars in Europe and, and Asia uh, because the roads are different, the cultures are different, people are different. Uh, Americans, unfortunately, tend to like big, fat cars, and, um, and we got a lot of big, fat people, and we got a, a lot of big, fat trucks, and uh, that's just the way our culture is. But you're right. Uh, uh, you, you travel around the world and you see extremely small, uh, fuel-efficient cars. I mean, some like two-passenger, uh, and it works in different parts of the world. But in America, uh, with a small subcompact, it never worked. And uh, Toyota uh, stopped selling them because of supply and demand. Um, but it, you're right. I, uh, there is a market for it, just not big enough a market to justify the manufacture in this part of the world. Uh, well, I guess, you know, times change and or, or whatever, but um, I guess maybe the point I was making is that, um, uh, uh, how can I say, as you're pointing out, if you're selling cars above the sticker price, couldn't you sell a small car and still make a profit? Sure, I'm not much. That's another reason the small cars never have done well here, is that the margins are small. Dealers are the mechanism to sell the car for the manufacturer, and the dealer wants to make a big fat profit. Uh, uh, an Echo, uh, Stu would probably maybe remember. Uh, yeah. What what is the margin at full sticker on an Echo? I'm going to say maybe. Four hundred dollars. Okay, what well, is the same thing? Well, well um, I'm saying that's between invoice. Then you maybe have another four hundred. Yeah, it's less than a thousand. I would and say. And what is it now on a Sequoia or a Land Cruiser? Uh, over five thousand. Yeah. So, the big trucks and the and the heavy, the large vehicles have large markups and big profits, and the small ones don't. And 
the dealers want to make the big profit. The manufacturer uh, also makes a lot more on a truck or an SUV than they do on a subcompact. So, again, it's a matter of capitalism and profitability and follow the money. So, like it or not, that's the way uh, supply and demand um, makes it happen. Real quickly, do you still offer concierge service? Yep. Yes, we do. And we charge for it. And uh, we didn't during the uh, COVID crisis at the heart of it. But we do we do offer it. And I, I'm like you. I, uh, I've always thought we dropped the ball because I think to a lot of people, time is money, money is time. If I'm a businessman and I'm a uh, you know, and I and I have a, a job that keeps me busy all the time, and and I'm in downtown wherever. I don't want to have to go and wait in line at seven o'clock in the morning, and sit there for three hours to get my car serviced. I'd rather have someone pick it up, take care of it, and I have to. If I have to pay for that, I come out ahead of the game because I'm I'm able to work and make money and not have the inconvenience of having to sit in a service department or a customer lounge waiting for my car to get fixed. So I'm with you on that one, uh, Walter. I, I think we should uh, uh, push the effort and make it more obvious. Yeah, and not only that, maybe, well, of course, there's a shortage of cars, but I think that's a selling point to the dealer, even in, in an advertising mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll pick it. But anyway, I, listen, I appreciate you guys' time, and I'm a regular listener. <laughs> thank you, you very much. Thank, okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you. We look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Steve, who's been holding from New Jersey, and uh, he is on the line right now. Uh, Steve? Good morning, Nancy. How are you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. Uh, I have a question for Rick. Um, I have a, a rather simple um, uh, camera, uh, front-facing uh, camera on my car that I plug into the, uh, the port in my uh, center console. And I'm, in, I'm thinking about getting a, a little bit more sophisticated camera system that's both front-facing and rear-facing, as well as when I shut it off, having some type of motion detection, so if anybody hits my bumper or my side of my car, it'll turn on. Um, my question is, uh, I, I think I, I won't install it myself because I'm worried about you know how the wire, uh, how the wires travel by the airbags on the on all the pillars, and as well as how to connect it electrically. And here's my question: if if this was wired to my fuse box, uh, again, assuming a professional is doing this, would anything happen to my new car warranty where uh, the manufacturer or the dealer could say it's voided? No, not really. Um, if if it were to cause a failure, uh, there's a potential for that, but I can't see where any anybody would even care. I see dash cams... 20 times a day on cars and we've gotten to where unless it's something that you're in for a warranty concern that was obviously caused by the installation of the dash cam now that would be a different subject like say a a customer came in and said hey this plastic trim panel isn't staying right it, it keeps popping loose and we look at it we find that somebody had ran wires 
down through there and they damaged the clips a little bit, you know, we'd say, I'm sorry, but that's no longer warranty because it was damaged by the installer. But if something, say, the radio quit working because they had tapped in on the radio power leads, but the radio is the problem, just because you've tapped in on that power wire, no, that's not going to be anything related. So it would be it'd be a case by case thing. But uh, now, personally, for me, my vehicle and my wife's vehicle both have dash cams that have dual cams: uh, one in the front, one going out the back window, for safety factor. You know, if, if you're in an accident, the you know it's not your word against theirs; it's your video against their word, and. You know, a video speaks millions of words, so it's I consider it a great thing. I would recommend, though, uh, I, find I, a place I, like Best Buy or I, somewhere, a good competent installer to have it installed, and go with it. Right. Now, another question, uh, could I possibly use the, uh, the port that's by the um, uh, steering column uh, that's for the, um, I forget what you call ODB or something? The OBD? Is, I really yeah. don't recommend ever tapping anything on that OBD plug because that actually is where you've got the CAN communications. I would avoid that. I would use just a normal power circuit that has 12 volts on it. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's, um, we're, we love hearing from you, Steve. Uh, hope we answered your questions. And uh, you Thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you again. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, quickly, uh, Jen has a question, and it's about warranty, and she wants to know if, uh, if her warranty would be void, if it would be voided if she didn't go to the dealership. No, you can have your car serviced and maintained by anyone. You have to keep a record of it and be sure that you're obeying the rules of the owner's manual recommendation. But uh, uh, your your warranty, you can't have warranty work done anywhere except at a franchise dealer. But uh, if you maintain your car according to the owner's manual, uh, you haven't voided your warranty. Hope we answered your question, or Earl answered your question, uh, Jen. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Okay, more anonymous feedback. I love the reintroduction of the Venza, but I also love a sunroof. Any option available to get one rather than the non-opening glass roof. Um, just uh, for listeners who know the Venza, the Venza was a crossover SUV that Toyota introduced and then stopped producing a few years ago. Then they reintroduced it and it doesn't look anything like the old one, but the limited model has what they call the Stargaze um, panora panoramic roof, and it covers the entire roof of the car, and it's kind of cool because you push a button and it electronically goes opaque. You know, the, have you ever seen those? Uh, uh, well, not many people have seen them, but you, it uses electric current to uh, keep it clear when the current goes off, it gets cloudy. And uh, so that you can do that with the uh, with this roof. So it's all glass. So no, you can't cut a hole in the glass. The other two models, the LE and the XLE, um, don't have that. But it doesn't come with the, with the sunroof. And so the only option would be to do an aftermarket one, which we completely completely uh, say avoid doing because there are nothing but problems. Anytime you cut a hole in the roof, 
as, as good as the installation is, there's going to be a leak, there's going to be corrosion problems and, and other unforeseen things. So unfortunately, no, <laughs> you cannot get a sunroof in a Venza unless you take a big chance. I always thought window, the side windows on the vehicle, it'd be great to have that feature to, during the day, they darken just yeah. enough yeah. to cut the glare, and at night, they go back total clear again. Yeah. Toyota, are you listening? That'd be great. Um, does, this is more anonymous feedback. Does Toyota offer a theft protection option on new cars? On the sticker, it shows 250 I think that all of the vehicles have some type of uh, you know theft um, deterrent, like locking steering wheel. Uh, you have to make sure that the chip has to match. Rick could probably get into that. Well, immobilizer systems, yes. uh, automatic door locks, yeah. the security features just go on and on. Yeah. Various different models have various things, but uh, if you're meaning like a full alarm, uh, an alarm system, Toyota doesn't. Directly. No, generally there are a few cars that do have that option, or you can you know add on. A Toyota factory alarm. We're talking system. too much about Toyota, folks. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can, a more generalized answer is yeah. um, if you saw that on a on a car, it's very likely the dealer it could be a dealer installed option. They could security yeah. or even a port installed thing, and this would be applicable to uh, I think most manufacturers. They tend to be an accessory. They're not really a, a factory option. And actually, immobilizer systems have been out on just about every brand of car for the past 20 years or longer, and they're getting so much harder to defeat on all of the systems that you know it's, it's almost impossible really to steal a car mm. unless you hook up a tow truck and pull it. Oh, that's good news. All right, uh, go back to some text messages. Uh, Earl, if I do my own oil changes and other maintenance myself, will I risk being denied a future warranty claim? How can I demonstrate that all required maintenance was done? You know, the manufacturers don't try to prove you wrong to uh, uh, not not honor a warranty. Uh, you just need some reasonable evidence. If you do it yourself, I would keep a receipt of the oil I bought, the oil filters I bought. Uh, you know, if you really want to make it uh, ironclad, buy it from a dealer and a dealer that would do the warranty work. And they would know you, and you go in there, and you'd buy the oil filter, and you'd buy the oil, and you'd take it home, and you'd do the work yourself. And uh, there would be no argument whatsoever. But you could buy the oil anywhere, uh, keep a receipt, and uh, but you're not going to need it. Yeah, like kind of Rick said, it, manufacturers aren't hell-bent on like no. get, looking to cancel your warranty. Yeah. If something happened as a result of, of negligence, like if they suspected the oil wasn't changed, and exactly. that was why, then yeah. that might be an issue, and it'd be helpful to prove that you were doing that. But, um, you know, it's, it's like unless what the modification or something that you did causes the problem, you're probably not going to have any issues. You, you'll, get the, you'll get this conversation a lot of times from dealers, and uh, you'll come in and you'll say, from. Yeah, you have to have this done because if you don't, you're going to void your warranty. Right. Yeah. Well, right. that's not true. I mean, it, it it can be true, but in most cases, it's not true. Uh, if you have owner's uh, manual recommendations, you should have them done. But you don't have to have them done exactly on time or exact mileage. If you're within a few thousand miles, if you're within a few months and you have it done, then you're covered. They're not going to take your warranty away. And uh, Rick um, was shaking his head, and as a mechanical genius, um, it sounds like he's been down that road well, where he saved his one, receipts and everything. One factor to remember is if, if you, say if you modify 
your headlights. You put the wrong headlights in there, and it causes an issue there, and that is no longer warrantable on that part. That doesn't mean that your engine warranty is right. gone. The rest of the warranty on your car is it's, still in It's attack. a claim that will be denied. Yeah. And I, I actually had one occasion when a customer brought their car in, the oil pan was literally full of sludge, and it, by the, the number on the filter, I could tell the oil had never, ever been changed. Mm-hmm. And the car had like 20,000 miles on it. And when we presented her with this evidence, she said, but I've got my neighbor down the street that does all my oil changes. And it's like, well, you need to have a talk with them because Can't they haven't that. been doing it. They had been taking her money and not doing the work. Oh, my goodness. And her engine was destroyed. Oh, my goodness. And oh. she got stuck with it. It yeah. just was, it was that situation. <laughs> it, it's like Jen, who right, was worried about her warranty yeah, yeah. and whether she had to go to the dealership. I bet this price was very reasonable. Oh, it must have been. <laughs> yeah. To do nothing. <laughs> But you're right. That's it comes from the dealers. That's where that comes from. I, that's always a warning, and it could, then it became part of like a like an urban legend. And, uh-huh. and well, you come into a service drive. Remember, you're talking to us. They call themselves a, a managers or assistant managers. They're salesmen. They're service salespeople. They get paid on commission. So you come in here with a car, and he and he says you need to buy this and buy this and buy this. And they said, well, I can't afford that. Well, you have to have it done because if you don't have it done, you're going to void your warranty. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have a, a $5,000 repair, and it's not going to be taken care of. So you get that BS when you go into a lot of car dealerships. They, they threaten you with voiding your warranty. And a lot of times the things they tell you you have to have done are not the manufacturer's recommendation. They're not in your owner's manual. They're in the dealer's recommended maintenance, which is usually fluff, and it doesn't require, not always, but usually fluff. Yep. Okay. okay. Um, here's a text. Is there any danger of electric shock plugging in or unplugging an electric vehicle in the rain? Sounds like it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I hope not, because <laughs> I've done that. But um, yeah, it's kind of scary. I'm sure there's some protection, but is there amount? Of, is, is there an amount of water that could cause you to get shocked? If you were in a torrential downpour, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. If it's just lightly raining, just hold an umbrella over you so that the water's not splashing directly on the connector, and plug it in. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that because I, I just realized that you know I'm in potential danger. <laughs> I, I think it'd be the same thing as if you were plugging an extension cord into an outlet outdoors in a light yeah. rain versus a torrential downpour. The plugs look very complex, though. It looks like there's, like, holes in there. You can't see any of the the metal electrodes um, in the thing, so it's buried in there. They're very protected. So I guess there's some protection from the elements, but, yeah, if it was a downpour. It would be a great lawsuit. If you got electrocuted, your estate would be able to sue the the manufacturer. Exactly. Uh, Elon would work for you. Oh, that, that's, that's so reassuring. <laughs> Nancy's just thinking of her near future. Earl's like, honey, can you plug that in for me? <laughs> really? Uh, okay, uh, we have uh, shut our, our lines down. Uh, Jonathan has given me the signal. All right. <laughs> Jonathan's great. He just sits over there and does what he does, and what a talent. Uh, he is a huge part of our uh, Earl on Cars. He is uh, rarely mentioned. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Stu, we're going to go back to you. Yeah, I got, uh, I got another text here. With the price of everything going up, especially cars, shouldn't people wait until things calm down before paying too much for a newer used car? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've talked oh. about that over and over again. Uh, it's uh, a terrible time to buy a newer used car unless you absolutely have to. It's a great time to sell a used car, yes. trade-in. Yes, it can, is. And uh, can, can I uh, segue into an important piece of information that Stu didn't know, and I didn't know until I read it in Automotive News, and we talk a lot about off-lease cars because when cars, when you lease a car, typically we've had the option, the lessee has the option to buy the car at the end of the lease. And now, because used cars are so high priced and off-lease cars are so valuable, uh, we just found out that Ford and Chrysler are both preventing the dealers from and the, and the lessees from uh, buying the car at the residual value, that you, it's, they have to buy it at the, at the uh, market value. And the uh, Ford, if the car's within 120 mile, 120 days of the end of the lease, you have to pay market value instead of the residual, which was a shock to Stu when I told him and shocked to me when I read it. And Chrysler says within 30 days. So I don't know if any other manufacturers are following suit but you should realize that you have yourself a potential um, bonanza in the residual value opportunity in your lease car when it goes off lease, except if you're driving a Ford and you're within 120 days or a, a Chrysler within 30 days. Okay. All right, we're all caught up with text messages. Let me just double check anonymous feedback real quick, and we're all caught up. We got a YouTube. Well, okay. actually, I think you just answered it because uh, Kyle was asking, when would you estimate used car values coming back down? Have they peaked? Thanks. Pretty, I think they're pretty close to peaked. I mean, um, everything moves slowly, but I, I've always predicted uh, the last quarter of the year, and I still, October, November, December, I think things will be back uh, to a semblance of normal in pricing and new and used cars by the last quarter. And uh, it'll just get there gradually, and it'll be regionally. I mean, we got to remember we're international. Uh, you know, we're talking all over uh, the United States now, and California it'll happen. And we talked about Montreal, prices coming down in used cars in Montreal. And uh, they haven't come down in, in uh, South Florida, but they will come down. So it's, it happens slowly and then regionally. Uh, just be careful out there. Uh, here's a statistic from the current... Uh, issue of automotive news in the um, first quarter of 2021 uh, the average auction value of a car was twenty one thousand nine twenty five let's call it twenty two thousand dollars in the first quarter of 2019 it was seventeen thousand so that's a huge difference in the uh, used car values and it'll adjust and uh, wait unless you have to buy a car and if you can get rid of a used car that you have in the family uh, and get by with that, without it for a few months, you can really make a home run by selling that used car. Shop it. Go to Carvana, go to CarMax, go to WeBuyAnyCar.com, go to your local dealer, go to AutoNation, a big dealer, and get bids on your used car. You will be amazed what you can sell it for or what you can get for a trade-in. The problem is when you trade it in, and the mystery shopping report, which I'm about ready to read, will explain this to you. When you trade in your car, I don't care how much they give you for it, they're going to get you when they sell you the new car. And they're charging obscene amount of money for new cars now. Great information, Earl. Um, Stu, have you 
We're good. Oh, great. Um, I'm going to uh, take a moment to mention Earl's column, which is uh, considering carpooling uh, Uber, Lyft, or rentals. It's a great read, and you can go to Earl on Cars, and you can uh, check it out. Also, we are coming up to the Mystery Shopper Report, and I, I do have to mention Agent Lightning and uh, what, uh, well, what a find. Uh, she has been amazing on this journey that she's been on with us from the very beginning. Uh, she just had the talent, and uh, she had the uh, understanding, wisdom, patience, uh, her experience goes a long way, and she loves what she does, and uh, it shows. So we're going to, uh, this week, she took us to Orlando, and, uh, well, I'll let, uh, Stu, do you have uh, something to add to that? Yeah, so, um, you know, we're kind of like on a Kia kick. I think the last three <laughs> or four mystery shops were Kia dealerships, but we were astounded last week. Uh, uh, we, uh, well, it's in the shopping report, but we went down the Phil Smith Kia and we're, we were uh, had a staggeringly Ooh. large um, uh, markup on the car. And um, we, we wanted to check out another Kia dealership, but we wanted to get out of the area. So Agent Lighton took a little trip up to Orlando and well, the, you'll have, the, the story will speak for itself. <laughs> I thought things, well, I won't say any, I'll give it away. Now back to the recovering car dealer and the mystery shop from the greater Orlando area, and it is from City Kia. And remember, we want to hear from you. We'd love for you to vote on the mystery shopping report. Earl? Yeah, it's a good thing that uh, I, Agent Lightning likes to travel because we've never had uh, such a widespread right, yeah. number of uh, shops and it really <coughs> adds to our credibility now that we're international at least we're going uh, out of state and we've done that a couple times uh like Stu said we uh we have stumbled across some outrageous markups on cars and i hasten to add that there's nothing illegal about charging way way over sticker price for a car uh it's to me it's a moral issue or an ethical issue uh, taking advantage of a short-term situation, but that's just me, and there's nothing illegal about it. When we grade our mystery shopping reports, uh, we, we focus on truly illegal or deceptive. Uh, if, if, if you charge a million dollars for a car, and the car only has a sticker price of $25,000, it's not illegal, strange as it may sound. If you find somebody that will pay you a million dollars, it's strictly legal. So we would not give that person a failing grade uh, at, uh, on our mystery shopping report, as long as it, were, it was disclosed. If you charged a million dollars and you made them believe they were only paying uh, $1,000, then bad. that's bad. So as long as you charge a lot of money and you say you're charging a lot of money and you don't deceive the person, then you're going to pass on our mystery shopping report. So, so we're following up, as Stu said, on the Phil Smith Kia down in Fort Lauderdale. There's a $12,000 markup over MSRP on a new th 2022. The uh, Kias are out early, the 2022s, and it was a $12,000 markup over a Telluride 2022. So, um, we, we investigated because the Wall Street Journal reporter called me and uh, interviewed me about uh, 
uh, prices on cars, and we told her that we're charging more money for the cars we sell, and all the car dealers are charging more money for the cars we sell because of supply and demand. And I said, well, we don't charge over at my dealership over sticker price. And they said, well, do you know uh, dealers that are charging? We said, yeah. And we gave her the name of a, uh, a customer that uh, we sold a car to. And this customer had bought a car at Phil Smith and told the story, and that's the reason we mystery shopped him. So following up on this, uh, uh, we decided to you know, mystery shop another Kia dealership and see what happens. So uh, we focused on uh, this dealer in Orlando. Uh, it's interesting uh, that uh, they call themselves City Kia. I like, I like City Kia because it made me think of Dodge City. And me think of uh, you know the whole Marshall Dillon, Marshall Dillon, and we we talk about South Florida being uh, the uh, Dodge City or the you know it's the Sodom and Gomorrah of car dealerships. But we find out now that it stretches upward north, and we find some very interesting dealerships north of us. I think the whole state of Florida can be wild, wild west. I even thought this morning when I was reading the Mystery Shopping Report uh, with my coffee, I said to Alexa. I said, Alexa, play the theme from Gunsmoke, because we need a theme. You know, we got banned from using the good, bad, and the ugly on this show. I'm still using it. And I tried the Dodge what? City theme, and we probably couldn't use that one either, but it just doesn't have the twang that the good, the bad, and the ugly does, but it would be a good one. I didn't I mean, get the memo on that. No. That good, bad, and ugly is me. Yeah. My name's written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we did, and uh, Agent Lightning headed up to... Uh, a city Kia of Greater Orlando to see if they could top the performance of Phil Smith down in Broward County, Fort Lauderdale area. And here's a report, speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at the dealership uh, just after 9 a.m. Entered the showroom and was greeted by a young woman. That's refreshing. We need more female salespeople. Um, I'm not going to get into the female thing. I, it just comes out naturally. We had a caller a couple of weeks ago that said that's uh, demeaning to call women females. Um, I guess so. I mean, I'm too old to understand the political correctness or incorrectness of that, but uh, I, I defer if it is demeaning. I, I thought lady was demeaning at some point, but uh, I th if, if you look hard enough, you can find something <clears throat> demeaning about everything, I guess. Sure. And anyway, I uh, walked in and the woman said, the woman salesperson, wanted to know if I had an appointment. I told her no, I just wanted to see if they had any available new Tellurides in stock. While we spoke, a salesperson named Diego uh, approached and offered to help. We introduced ourselves and made some small talks, and I pointed to the Telluride, parked just outside, and said, that's the one I want. That will bring a chill to a salesman's back. You really want to feel good when they say, I want that car. Diego seemed pleased with the selection, suggested we go to take a look at it. He said it was the only Telluride they had in stock. Now that should scare the hell out of you right there, you know. <laughs> Run. <laughs> yeah. You go into any store and that's the last of what do you want to buy? You're not going to get a that's bargain. That's the last pair of shoes. Yeah, that's right. We that's it. We're out. That's <laughs> the last onion in the You like those <laughs> shoes? Well, it's the only shoe. So you're in trouble. Now the last Telluride. Uh, 
And then he had to rub, rub it in by saying, it's the best-selling SUV in the market. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> well, it's probably not true, but it's certainly not Inaccurate. true. Inaccurate. But anyway, you know he's excited about it. It's the only one. At least he says so. So you're in trouble. Okay. That's the reason we say, don't buy a car today unless you have to. We talked about the vehicle, and Diego said that he was impressed uh, with how much I knew about it. He's been shopping them for three weeks. <laughs> He asked if I'd like to drive, and I said I would. He asked me to wait outside while he found the key. They always got to find the key. That's standard, and it's, just, it's an annoyance. And uh, one day there won't be keys. That's going to very soon. It'll yeah. be with the app. That's coming. Exactly, yeah. While he was away, I climbed inside the SUV, fiddled around with the seats in the mirror. Diego was back in a few minutes, climbed in the passenger seat, and said that I looked like I was ready to drive away. And we both chuckled at that. On the ride, he demonstrated expertise in the vehicle, covering quite a bit more than my salesperson from Phil Smith. When we pulled back into the dealership, Diego asked me to take over the driving so he could park in the uh, same spot near the front door. We got out of the vehicle, continued his presentation of the exterior. He opened the rear hatch, showed me how the seat folded away. It was about then that I saw the Monroni label. Mm. MSRP. Mandatory that you always look at the MSRP. That tells you a whole lot. That tells you how to compare when you're price shopping, which you have to do. Look at the Monroni and be sure that it is the real Monroni. And uh, I saw the addendum label that accompanied it. And that's not the real Monroni. That's the phony Monroni. And they're made to look like the real Monroni. The MSRP was $50,325. And that's supposed to, usually, that's a lot of money. Uh, people say, I don't pay sticker. Well, guess what? If you're going to buy a car today, you're lucky if you pay sticker. But the addendum, the Fortin Mononi added, sit down for this one, as John from Palm City would say, sit down for this one, added 17000 Four hundred and seventy dollars. Ninety. A new world record. Hard to believe that you would add seventeen thousand four hundred ninety dollars to full sticker, but that's what they're doing. And wait, there's more. Listen, stay tuned. So now we're looking at uh, the addendum added twenty four ninety five two thousand four hundred ninety five dollars for a host of unwanted, virtually worthless dealer installed items. You don't want to pay for those. Cabin sanitation service, that's a relatively new one. Hmm. Door edge and cup guards. What's a cup guard? I don't know. I'm thinking it's a liner. I know what a door edge guard is. Yeah. When you have the door handle, the hollow shape oh, behind yeah. it on the door, they For put rings. a little clear plastic oh. thing. That's okay. so your rings and that don't scratch right. the spot behind the door right. handle. And that's of course, they're guard. good old. They're all reliable nitrogen. Oh. And then uh, and you get five free refills. <laughs> After that, it's 300. Who knows what it is? Yeah. And so, the rest of the, the, the addendum was a 14995 market adjustment. So market was, adjustment. Those okay. two added together was okay. 17490 So on the, uh, the grand total on the old gold scoreboard, how old am I? Who remembers the old gold scoreboard? Not me. I know you don't. That's a cigarette, <laughs> folks. Uh, City Kia's list price, you, you have to lie down. You can't just sit down. Lie down for this one. City... Kia's list price on the Telluride, 
that had a sticker. What did I say it was? Uh, 50325 50000 The out-the-door price, list price, $67,815. <laughs> and remember, that's the only Kia. That's bold. Only Telluride. <laughs> and you want it, you're going to pay the price. Diego must have seen my jaw drop because Hurley said this was a very high-demand car and the only one they have. He said they fly off a lot as soon as they get them in. I asked if the price was negotiable and he suggested we go inside. I, I, <laughs> he didn't want to answer that question. He says, let's go inside. It'd be harder for you to get away and get some info. I'll get some info from you. Then we'll talk with the infamous sales manager. The game playing begins. Diego was entering my info into the computer. I pulled up their website on my phone and found the Telluride that I found earlier. The online price was, as I said before, MSRP, 50325 There was no markup. And this was on the advertisement. The estimated taxes and fees total about 4500 and the out-the-door price was 54929 Now, that's the advertised price. But wait a minute. He just told me it was $67,815. That's a huge difference. Right. That's, what is that, $13,000? Yeah. Okay. $13,000 more than the out-the-door price. Than the out-the-door advertised price. So now we're getting, we're not talking about just price gouging. We're talking about deception. You can't advertise one price and then tell the customer it costs $13,000 more. But that's exactly what's going on here. Diego then said he would go speak with his sales manager and see what he could come up with for me before he left. I showed him the listing on the phone. I said, that this doesn't match what's on the window sticker. So I showed him what he advertised and he, <laughs> he took a picture of my phone picture with his phone. <laughs> and walked over to see his manager. So he walked in and said, hey boss, look at this. He didn't know about it. So Diego returned in 10 minutes with another man, I assume was the sales manager. His name was Jimmy. He actually asked me where I got that information. I said, I got it on your website. <laughs> Jimmy disputed this, now he's arguing with me, and said it couldn't be right. He wasn't sure how I got that kind of pricing. Why didn't he just go to the website himself? He said, even if it was online, it should apply. It shouldn't, it shouldn't apply to the Telluride. They are priced differently, he said. Now, should, shouldn't, it did, okay? And there it is. I have a picture of it, and he saw the picture. I told him I didn't want to argue with him and asked him to give me his best price. It's funny, Diego was a gentleman and a class act, albeit a price gouger, but now he's got a manager that's been nasty and questioning your integrity, and it's just not the way to go. Anyway, uh, the top line was labeled market value selling price, 50325 Then they added city care for $24.95 and a market adjustment for $14,995. This brought the total purchase price to $67,815. But wait, there's more. How could there be more? Hmm. Almost impossible to imagine. Eight ninety nine pre delivery service charge, eight thirty seven in non tax fees. Now right away you're talking about seventeen, eighteen, a hundred dollars, 
in addition to the huge markup you've already seen. So now the outdoor price is really, okay, we've sat down, we've laid down. Now bury yourself underground. Well, you're gonna, you get underground <laughs> for this one. Out the door, true out the door, $73,699. I'm having palpitations. I can picture the fetal position. Yeah. <laughs> I try hard to get Jimmy to discount the car. He would not, insisting that it is the only one they have. It's true. <laughs> and he will sell it for that price, which is true, sadly. It's not on their website uh, right now. Oh, it's not on the website. Not yeah. today. Yeah. And this was done on Tuesday. Well, so. it might be because they didn't know it was on the website. And, and no, uh, I think it got sold. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, they, they didn't get caught. You know. So anyway, um, I said it appeared that we are at an impasse. He didn't disagree. He didn't care as long as he sold the car, which he figured he would, to somebody. I thank them both uh, for the time and left. Okay, there we are, folks. I mean, uh, I, I, I got to turn the page and see what, what that was. $73,699. Sticker price was $50,325. So is that round number? Is that 20, 23000 hmm? That's a round number, 23000 over sticker. Uh, no, it was eighteen thousand three hundred eighty-nine dollars. Eighteen thousand okay. over MSRP. Yeah, eighteen thousand. I more. estimated the gross profit on that to be oh. about twenty-four thousand dollars. Okay, twenty-four. Yeah, so that's how much they'd make. That would be a new record uh, gross profit for anybody. It's six slam dunks. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. Okay, the rules when we vote on this. The rules when we vote on this. Hang on for a second. There's no limit on what you can charge for a car. Sure. Where we grade our, where we draw the line in our grading process is that illegality, and illegality means you, when you advertise a car at a price and you won't honor the advertised price. That, folks, is illegal. So take that into consideration when you grade, and we would like to hear your grades. You can YouTube the grades. You can Facebook the grades. You can text the grades. You can call the grades. You can't call. We turn the phones off. <laughs> So they're coming in. They're coming in. So Jonathan Wellington says charging seventeen thousand or more over sticker price is not illegal, but it is disreputable. I wonder if Kia headquarters knows about these dealerships and their sordid activities. I give them an F for finding another dealership. Uh, Bob gives an F for City Kia. Um, then Anne Marie, I'm sorry, not Anne Marie, uh, Linda. That's an easy one. F. Oh my gosh! Call the paramedics to carry out Agent Lightning. <laughs> LOL. Uh, Martha gives an F. Minus, minus. And so, yeah, I, like the whole pricing thing, I'm with you, you know, on what that. We should, what we should do is we should get Agent Lightning because she's a really good actress. Uh, <laughs> to, and, fake, to fake a heart attack? Just, yeah, when something like this happens, she should clutch her chest and just slump over. And just fall on the desk. And see if they have a, you know, a she's defibrillator. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you I be, mean. Be careful. If we could video that. Right. Anyway. Clear. <laughs> Um, so what, what did it for me, and it was the monkey wrench that Agent Lightning threw into it, was when she pulled up the website and he disputed that it was on there. I was really familiar with it. The guy should have known. It was on, uh, they have an online shopping tool. Um, they have the same uh, website provider that we do, and, and it's, they, they provide an out-to-door price. Yeah. And the guy was on their website, and he called in the question if it was legit. You know, I so I'm going to fail them too because that's that's where they lost me. Yeah, there's a Florida statute, and it's true in all states, I believe, that 
you cannot advertise any product at a price and not, not honor the price. And it happens every day, but this is the most egregious violation yeah. we've ever seen. Okay, Rick. I've got Guy Larrabee, F, 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 Negan 1, all, all triple. Guy. We have all from Guy. All from Guy. Okay. <laughs> Negan 1, triple F, F, F. So I guess that's F cubed. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We have Mark Anderson. Mark from St. Louis, advertised grade D, in-person grade F. Andrew with an F. Mark Smith with an F. Brian with an F. Mark Ryan, uh, F Classic Mickey Mouse Games from an Orlando dealership. <laughs> Bro Scientist says 67K, my buttocks hurt. F, can I give them a foobar? Whoa. Just don't just don't spell it out. No, 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 no. And for me, it's on oh, no, illegal activity F right off the bat. Mm. Hey, um, first, before I vote, I wanted to ask you, you said you had you were drinking coffee whenever you read the Mystery Shopping Report this morning. After you were finished, did you have a martini? No. Oh, okay. I did. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have to point out Agent Lightning again and uh, her experience, her patience. Uh, she's clearly stated in the Mystery Shopping Report. I don't want to argue about it. Uh, her understanding, her wisdom, it, she is amazing. And uh, this journey, as I said earlier, that she's been on, it has been fantastic. She really gets into the meat of it all. And uh, I give the City Kia, I don't think there is a grade. Uh, and it's not funny. And I don't find it amusing. And there are a lot of people out there that are being taken advantage of. Uh, City Kia, clean up your act. There we go. Sounds like enough. Yeah, it's, and the shame is you can make a ton of money today if you're a car dealer. Uh, we admit our profits are, we're, we're making record profits. And uh, it's a little, I feel kind of bad about it, but it's, a, it's the way it is. It's capitalism. Uh, but you can make a lot of money by selling cars at a high price. You don't have to trick your customers. You you openly, if if he had drawn the line and saying, this is the only Telluride we have, I'm going to charge you $73,000 for it. And if you don't like it, um, we're sorry, but somebody else will buy it. You know, we don't like that. We think it's the wrong thing to do, but we would have passed you. If he put it on his website at the same price. Exactly. If you advertise a car, you can advertise it for any price you want. Advertise it, honor the price, and you'll get a passing grade. Because we're not against capitalism. We're not against profitability. I heard all the time from dealers that are critical of me and say the way we talk about dealers on the show well, what's the matter, Earl? You got something about making a profit? No. I have something about lying. Uh, I, I want you to make as much profit as you can if you tell the truth. And that's what City Kia forgot. You have to tell the truth. You have to obey the law. And if you do it, you can make a lot of money. When you go beyond that and lie, you're getting greedy. And if we had legislative uh, responsibility and, and the, the authorities like the Attorney General would enforce the laws of Florida, people like this would be punished, but they don't punish them. So they get away with it, so it's left up to Earl on Cars to publicize what's going on. And if you live in anywhere in the central part of Florida, stay away from City Kia. 
Because they don't, they will take advantage of Absolutely. you and they will lie to you. Absolutely. And that's why we have uh, Earl's Vigilantes. You can help us. We try to help everyone every week, but we need your help. And ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of our show and we so. Uh, we're very delightful that you've joined us again this Saturday morning. Stay tuned. Next Saturday, we'll be right here for you. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>